Geekville Radio. Hello again, geeks and geekettes. This is Seth, a.k.a. Zandrax, the mayor of Geekville and the host of Geekville Radio, coming at you with another show here. Now, like I said in the last episode where I talked about Snake Eyes, we're going to do two shows closer together because we were late last week. So we do apologize for being late, but we should be back on the regular schedule now. We're going to talk Legends of Tomorrow, some of the news that came out of San Diego Comic-Con, and we'll also wind things up. We'll, we'll talk stuff that's come out about the new MCU series that are on the docket, and then we'll wind it up with the long-awaited review of the first season of Loki, which wrapped up with its season finale about a week and a half ago as of this recording. And making his return to the airwaves of Geekville Radio, joining me on this episode, Crazy Train Jonathan Bullock. All aboard, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, Comic-Con snuck up on me. I'd almost forgotten until you reminded me last week. Yeah, and I can only think that it's because of it being the Comic-Con at home format, as they were calling it, since basically everything was being done on Zoom or Skype and whatnot. They kind of held back on a lot of the reveals, because it seems... That's always been the big thing about Comic-Con is you have these celebrities on stage doing the Q&As and then they debut the trailer or whatever and you get the big rush of the crowd like a movie theater. It kind of loses that in in a format like this. So I'm thinking maybe that's why they were kind of hanging back. That's just my thought. Yeah, I I think San Diego Comic-Con will eventually get back to what we we knew with all the people because of what you're talking about. I think the Marvel and DC and all the big companies that that pump lots of money into marketing at that particular event like that. They like being the company that won, so to speak. But if you remember about uh, a year ago, a little less than a year, about six months ago, when we had a friend of several of our podcasts, the Reverend Dan Wilson on talking about horror-related movies on Examining the Dead, that he had just himself been at a at a convention pretty early on in the pandemic that was completely virtual. And we had talked to him about he could see for smaller cons that kind of maybe being the way to go now. And they were kind of forced to test that model because of the lockdowns. But for a smaller convention, it does allow you to get a lot more people to show up so to speak, even though it's virtual. And it probably makes it easier on the pocketbook of the organizers to get bigger name people. They might not have the money to put them up in a hotel and fly them out for a day or two, but they probably could send them a check to just get on Zoom for an hour or two and do a Q&A. So I personally, that's where conventions are headed. I think for the Mm -hmm. big ones like San Diego, they will return to normal. But some of the smaller ones, this virtual might be the new thing. Yeah, especially since uh, you're talking about organizing and time and all that there's no building to rent out if you're doing it virtually yep yep so i think that one of the good things to come out of the pandemic if you can say that without being you know a smart ass or or, or whatever you know yeah it's hard and feathered either way you way you look at it is that i do think that it is an avenue that now maybe actually expands the convention marketplace instead of shrinking it in the long because it allows for smaller convention organizers to get bigger name guests and, and find out a more financially feasible way to pull it off. And it's it's always, you know, I think field of dreams. If you build it, they will come. I think Geek's such a, a strong fan base. If you get a lot of, of big name people and make people have to pay a, a small fee to access this through their web browser or whatever, 
you're going to make money. People will do it. Geeks have shown, okay, yeah, we'd love to be there and, and get the photo op with them, but hell, just being able to ask them a question or two online and see them answer, they're willing to pay money for that. Yeah, yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So as far as the news portion, like we said, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I think, is really the one that had the, the biggest amount of news coming out of it because most of the other shows and movies, I mean, yes, they talked to the cast and, and this and that, and but there really wasn't a this is what we can expect or kind of kind of dropping the nuggets. And I, I think you'll see what I mean when we get into the news here because with Legends of Tomorrow, what's been going on with the current season is uh, John Constantine has lost his magic. And right. it, basically it came along with... Uh, Alistair Crowley kind of basically kind of duping Astra into doing his bidding, so to speak. But what's kind of funny is because I, I, I had noticed this, and I think Matt Ryan even brought it up, that for these past couple of weeks in season six, John's been been happy for the most part because he's got a girlfriend now and, and Zara uh, and all that. But, I mean, I know you know Constantine a little better than I do, but it seems like anytime John Constantine is happy, it's like bad things happen shortly afterwards. Yeah, it's it's got to go all the way back to, I think, when the character was created in the 80s. It's just the character I don't think John Constantine's meant to be happy. When you understand right. his backstory and the guilt he has, and he's a condemned man, essentially. You know, he's going to go to hell, and he knows he's dying because of his cancer, yet he still continues to chain smoke. And I, It's like, I think a great analogy for Marvel fans is that what if that you like so much about the Punisher? What if the Punisher's family hadn't died and in the end they died right. anyway, so he becomes the Punisher? It's yeah. like Frank Castle cannot escape his destiny. John Constantine's destiny is to not ever to fully be happy. Right. And But what was revealed is that the latter half of the season is essentially going to be John getting his magic back. But at the end of the season, Constantine is going to be leaving the show. That's kind of the bad news. The good news yeah. is that Matt Ryan is staying on, but he is going to be playing a different character. Now, I'm not even going to try to do the Welsh accent, so I'm not going to do any sort of impression. But mm -hmm. as Matt Ryan put it, as everyone who loves him knows, in the end, John Constantine will walk his path alone. The time has come for John to part ways with the legends and for me to part ways with John. I am excited to be creating this new role on the show and having some fun with it, discovering how these new characters fit in and cause some trouble for the legends. The name of the new character will be Gwyn Davis. I think it's actually spelled D-A-V-I-E-S, but the kind of the British or Welsh way of pronouncing it is Davis, like like Ray Davis of the, the Kinks. You're not lying about Welsh. When I went over to England the second time to wrestle, we did some shows in Wales, and I was forewarned by some of the guys, some of the local wrestlers. I know you speak English, but you're an American. You're not going to understand Welsh English. I'm like, I understand you guys. They're like, no, no, they weren't lying. Right. <laughs> when we got to Wales, I didn't even understand the writing on the freaking marquee. It <laughs> is a completely different form of English. It's English, yeah, but you sure wouldn't know it if you're from around here. I, I've heard uh, Australia be compared like that as well. That like there's uh, mm. these Australian words that we Americans like would have no idea what they mean. Yeah, the the marquee said Rieslu, R E S L O. I'm like. I thought that was like some main event guy that was from around there. I thought it was some <laughs> local talent who was the best. Who's this Rieslu guy? And the, and the and the local British guys that were on the car like, no, that's wrestling in Welsh. What? Yeah. The marquee's just reading wrestling. You know, like pro wrestling, tonight only. Bro. And I was like, wow. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I just wanted to give my story about, yeah, the, the, English, the Welsh version of the English language 
is not the American or British version. It is not the Queen's English. Similar thing with Irish, I think. Uh, yeah. You ever heard? You, you ever watched one of those movies where the, they get a real Scotsman or a real Irishman to play a character, and you know they're speaking English, but you look at the person next to you, you go. Can we get subtitles? I mean, it's that the brogue's so heavy. <laughs> One of the geekiest things I think I'd ever seen from an intellectual standpoint was uh, somebody in my family. She was watching Fraggle Rock dubbed in oh, Irish. Oh, wow. Oh, my. Dubbed in Irish English. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you're, you know, I, I think it's the funny thing. We as English speakers think, well, English language, no, 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 no. I think most people know, like, Spanish and other very commonly spoken European language. Cuban Spanish is different than Argentinian Spanish, which is different than like Colombian Spanish, which is different than Spanish Spanish. French, same way. People don't think about that, the English language, but it's very true. English is just like all those other languages. Mm -hmm. If you go to a country where that's the predominant or native tongue, they have their own version of English. And other people aren't necessarily going to understand it from other English-speaking countries. Right. Now, the, the other thing about Constantine, I, this is just my assumption more than anything. We, we've right. heard that J.J. Abrams is going to be doing his own version of Constantine on HBO Max. So that's right. really why I think they're doing this. It would not surprise me if Matt Ryan's Constantine comes back in some capacity, but he's just he's not going to be a regular. And I do think as much as I enjoyed the Matt Ryan NBC Constantine, I think we both agree. HBO Max is a much better landing spot for a Constantine series than yes. Uh, broadcast television right right because there there's things you can do on a streaming service that you just can't do on broadcast tv like smoke yeah i was going to say that the, the chain smoking is so integral to the john constantine character there's no way you could do a movie without it being an R. because if you smoke in a movie it automatically gets an r rating now yeah and i have to admit both guggenheim and and, and berlanti and those guys on the flareoverse and the showrunners on the nbc show did extremely inventive ways of showing John was constantly smoking, but you never saw him actually smoke. Right. You'd see him grab the cigarette, or you'd see him go for the, the lighter, but he doesn't actually light up. You'd see him put the cigarette in his mouth. You'd Sometimes they would do it where you'd see him flicking a lit cigarette and crushing it out, but you never actually saw him put it to his lips, light it, inhale, and exhale. You never saw that. Right. But that kind of gets old after a while, doesn't it? It's like, right. how many different ways can we try to figure out to tell the story that they're smoking Without showing them smoking. When it's on a like HBO Max, they're just going to show John Constantine lighting up and taking a puff. Now, you can show people being burned to bits. You can show them getting beheaded or stuff like that. But no, nope, Show nope, full frontal smoke. male or female nudity, but, but don't, don't show. <laughs> yeah, no, don't show a cigarette. Right. Of course, from our generation, that's funny. Anytime I think about that, I think about, remember that old country western song from like the 50s? I think it was uh, Gene Autry or Tex Ritter called Smoke, 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 That Cigarette. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, my dad liked that song, yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. That's how much pop culture's changed in 70 years, right? But since we're talking about smoking, a different type of smoke, it, it has officially been revealed at the end of the season, Mick Rory, Heat Wave, he'll be bowing out of the series as well. And I think right. that will mean, well, actually, I don't think Nick Zano was in the first season, right? I think He, he wasn't. He wasn't. Yeah. I don't yeah. think he was. Um, that means there's there are no original cast members. Right, right. Unless you count Gideon, because Amy Louise Pemberton will actually be joining the cast as like a flesh and blood version of Gideon. Right, but they've which, been teasing that for what, four seasons now? Yeah, yeah. She's popped in and out in, in human form. But I mean, Rip's gone. Mm -hmm. Kid Flash is gone. Hawk Man and Hawk Girl are gone. Or Hawk Woman, excuse me. Uh, the 10,000 word blog post, if you feel, feel the need. You know, all those originals are all gone. Yeah. 
Yeah, really. When, yeah, when did Sarah join? I think she came along. No, Sarah's, Sarah. I forgot about Sarah. Sarah Wilby, because she was one of the original members as White yeah. Canary. Remember? Right, right. Is what they were calling her. And they are going to be releasing a soundtrack as well, because over the years they've done musical numbers. So I'm definitely going to be checking that out. Plus, they do some great period music too when they're doing mm-hmm. stuff that's more modern but still in the past. Right. So I think maybe they, if they can get the licensing for that stuff, I'd love to hear some of that stuff. Yeah, and and, and the actress that plays Ava, I keep messing up her last name. It was like Jess McCallan or something like that. Right. She is going to be directing an episode that is going to be oh. an homage to Big Lebowski, if you can imagine oh, my. that. <laughs> well, what? We always talk about crossing the streams here on Geekville Radio. Big Lebowski kind of in a certain way, I know it's a stoner movie. It mm-hmm. does kind of cross streams with certain aspects of geek culture, don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. And and whenever Big Lebowski comes up, because you know I was working movie theaters at that time, that movie did not do very well in theaters. Maybe it broke even. I oh, don't no, know. It, it, is, it is like Rocky Horror. It is the epitome mm-hmm. of a cult classic. Right. It did not become well known until after it hit home video. Right. And off topic, but I can say this: you know as well as I do because you're you're around my age. Cheech and Chong were the original stoner movie. They mm-hmm. weren't probably popular in the theaters when they were out. Stoner movies, by the very, very nature, often are more cult classics than they are critical or commercial successes at the box office. Right. Cheech and, Cheech and Chong were cult classics to our generation, but that's because we saw them on HBO or watched them on video. It wasn't because they did, they did great in the movie theaters. Well, you can't get stoned in a movie. No, you know, but everybody that's a child of the 70s, 80s, like you, I mean, we've all seen Nice Dreams and Up in Smoke at least mm-hmm. once, maybe on HBO. Right, right. So I think that covers it for... Legend of Tomorrow, there actually was a good chunk of horror stuff that that was put out there. Like, I think there's a trailer mm-hmm. for Chucky and such, but we'll talk about that in our sister show, Examining the Dead. Right. I've already started compiling my bullet points for the coroner's report for the next one, and there are some Comic-Con-related things on there. So, yeah, we will definitely go over that. Okay. Now, as far as Marvel news, because we, we seem to can't really get away from MCU news in this show, but... Well, it, it, it's the elephant in the room that we have to right, discuss. <laughs> right, and, and and I think part of it is just that that seems to be where just most of the buzz is online. Now, maybe it's just my feeds have just customized, have just kind of... The algorithms? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Thank you. It has kind of centered around, well, well, you keep getting MCU stuff. You keep clicking on MCU stuff, so here's more MCU stuff. But we now have... Not well, only... this is the House of Mouse. They only control, like, what, 75% of all geekdom? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much between them and uh, AT&T now, it seems. But, yeah, uh, pretty much. We got 13 MCU shows coming out in the next couple of years, and now that we know a little bit about what's happening, there's were some nuggets dropped here and there. We know we're getting What If. We know the premise, and it looks like maybe some of the elements of that show might be in these other multiverses. You know, right. Because like, there is a rumor that... The Captain Carter, like, you know, the Peggy Carter with the Super Soldier Serum that that will be in the debut episode, that she may have a cameo in Doctor Strange 2. I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's just one of those rumors that's just, that's just out there. Well, we, everyone that listens to this show knows about proclivities towards uh, Haley Atwell, so I'm not right. opposed to seeing any time I can see her on screen. But <laughs> Absolutely. Hawkeye, now we know that Yelena is pretty much going to be the villain of that. She's going to be hunting Hawkeye. I, I get a feeling, though, that this that might wind up being – she starts out as a villain or at least an mm-hmm. anti-hero right. and becomes a good guy by the end. Is, don't you get that vibe, too? Well, yeah, because it looks like the true villain is uh, Contessa, you know, the, yeah. that, that she's kind of the orchestrator Valentina. of these Dark Avengers. Miss Marvel, nothing really new about that. That Moon, is the Kamala Khan version right. of Miss Marvel, right? Right, right. It's the current one with the inflatable fists and stuff. 
Do we know if, for a fact, if Miss Marvel, if that Kamala Khan Miss Marvel is going to be in the Marvels movie? We, we already have it verified. Obviously, Brie Larson is returning as Carol Danvers. We know that what's it, Tiana Paris is, is returning as Monica, Monica Rambo. Yeah. Do we know she's going to show up in it as well? Yeah, I, I believe she is because if you look at the letters that make up the Marvels, one of them mm-hmm. does look like the, the letters for that that's used in Miss Marvel. I think it's oh the same. I think the it's the font. S. You mean? Yeah, I think yeah, if you same. look at the S. Okay. It makes sense. You're going to combine all of them because at one time or another in the comics, all of them have, have, have laid claim to that moniker. Yeah, because there, there was a time when Monica Carol was Miss Marvel. Yeah. Carol. Right, right. Miss Marvel is one of those characters that's had like 15 different people carry the mantle and have different iterations, Photon and was it a Thunderbird? And there's been mm-hmm. so many. Right. Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, Marvel, Marvel which you've Girl. Already seen their mm-hmm. take on Marvel in in the the Captain Marvel origin story movie. Yeah. So yeah. Right. It is what it is. Yeah. Moon Knight, which I know you'll probably be all over that one as soon as it comes out. Of course. Yeah. And there actually is a new comic series. I did pick up the first issue. I just haven't read it yet. And so that'll be, I think, uh, third edition. Is that correct? Some, something like. Yeah. But I did notice the showrunner for that is Jeremy Slater, who's created Umbrella Academy and the Exorcist TV series. So he's which got we a haven't lot talked of, about Umbrella Academy here on on Giva, but it's a pretty good show. Yeah, and I've I would, heard a lot of good you, stuff about that. If you're a fan of DC, I would suggest watching it. It's pretty good. And he actually, un, un, unrelated to Comic Con, but I noticed in his IMDb page, he's writing the screenplay for a Wiley e. Coyote movie. Which I don't know how you do Wiley e. in his in his own movie without him. Constantly falling off of cliffs. You know. <laughs> who, who doesn't love Wiley E. Coyote, though? Oh, right? yeah. yeah. I, going back when NBA Jam was big and there was a Looney Tunes version, I think it was for the Super Nintendo, where it was just mm-hmm. basically, I think it was called Looney Tunes B-Ball. And it was, so it was basically b- basketball with the Looney Tunes character. My, my go-to team was Wiley Coyote and Marvin Martian. There you go. Yeah. I can imagine the catastrophes those two causing each other. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Two of my, all my favorite villains from the uh, the old Looney Tunes. Probably need to throw in Yosemite Sam. It's probably my other favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She-Hulk, it's leaked out that Tim Roth will probably be in some capacity as Abomination. I think that also comes from the, the trailer for Shang-Chi because you do see him mm-hmm. briefly fighting uh, Wong in that trailer. Well, yeah, I didn't even talk to you about this when we were prepping the show. I did want to, in my feed, read something about how – Charlie Cox was slated to be in something, but then he bowed out at the last second. And it just is interesting that they're doing reshoots for Spider-Man Far From No Way Home, and they're Mm -hmm. starting shooting She-Hulk. So it's just fueling the fire. But but Charlie Cox was slated to make an appearance, whether live or through Zoom at a comic convention, I think in San Antonio, Texas, had to cancel. And the rumor mills, take this with the biggest grain of salt you could take it with, ladies and gentlemen. That the schedule for this Comic Con in San Antonio happens to line up with the reshoots for for Far From Home and the start of the shooting for She Hulk. So that's just fanning the flames that Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock is going to show up in both of them. And parallel to that was also something had to do with Vincent D'Onofrio also canceling an appearance. And it happened to line up with both those as well. So we may be getting Vincent D'Onofrio as Kingpin. I think both of us have stated before, the idea of Charlie Cox coming back as Matt Murdock and Vincent D'Onofrio coming back as Kingpin is absolutely fine by both of us. Right, Uh, absolutely. And and I would even throw 
uh, Punisher in there as well. Now, I don't know how they're going to do Punisher under the Disney label, but we'll see. Well, they've got Deadpool. So, mm-hmm. and, and they've outright <laughs> said Deadpool is going to be R, but then Deadpool was under the Fox label, right? And since they own Fox, they could just release it right. under the... As a, Fo- as a Fox release as opposed to a Marvel release, yeah. Right. Now, Secret Invasion, I've said before, this is the one that I'm looking forward to the most because... No. Not you. Yeah. Now, <laughs> partially because we know Nick Fury is going to be front and center, so it'll be a good six to eight episodes of Samuel Jackson. Never a bad thing. Right. Amelia Clark has confirmed that she will be in it, but she has not confirmed who she's going to be. Now, as far as the Secret Invasion story, a a very uh, brief summary. I I went into a little bit of detail in this last episode, but Secret Invasion was about Skrulls essentially taking the form of well-known Marvel characters, and then it's the Secret Invasion in that they all kind of infiltrate the heroes, and then all of a sudden, oh my gosh, all these heroes are now suddenly evil Skrull versions. One of... The catalyst of that, like the, the like, kind of the center of that invasion, was a scroll posing as Jessica Drew, Spider Woman. So that's what mm-hmm. I think she's going to be. And that's just one man's opinion, just one man's prediction. That's where I think they're going to go. Granted, I've well, there not has been, been there doing... has been a rumor for a while, and it has been verified it, that, that Jessica Drew, Spider Woman, is going to show up in the MCU at some point, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because if you're going to do Secret Invasion, if you're going to make it even reasonably comic accurate, you have to have her. And if 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 she does show up at some point or we get confirmation that she does, I think we probably need to do, uh, for our listeners here, those of you that aren't familiar with the very long and confusing history of Spider-Woman Jessica Drew, we'll do a, a, a primer on that, just like we did mm-hmm. with Black Widow a few episodes ago. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah absolutely, because Spider-Woman has absolutely no connection to Spider-Man other than having Spider in her name. Yeah, and the whole reason why she was even invented because of what we were talking about, Seth, is something we can give in that primer that's kind of fascinating. Right. It was Stan Lee actually outsmarting everybody, let's be honest. you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's been coming on for a while, but the holiday season for 2022, we're going to get a Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Whether that's live action or not, I don't know. You know we're what I find be- hilarious about that? All of us Star, Star Wars geeks said that the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 and 2 were probably better than, than the prequel Star Wars movies and definitely better Star Wars movies than the current stuff. Mm-hmm. So... The fact that they're doing a holiday special, one, is going to be hilarious. And two, especially if James Gunn is involved. Right. But two, isn't that kind of like a wink-wink at us geeks over the, the Star Wars holiday special? I, I, I think so, yeah. Because of the parallels we make to the two? I, I even had friends who thought that the first J.J. Abrams Trek movie was a better Star Wars movie than the Star Wars movie. That's their opinion, well, I've told you, I've told you my, like, my, my third favorite Star Trek movie is actually Galaxy Quest, but I digress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Early 2023, we're going to be getting I Am Groot shorts, which seems like they're going to be, like we were just talking about with Wiley e. Coyote, kind of like the animated shorts that we might see in front of movies. I, I can't think that they're going to get Vin Diesel to reprise the role because I know what kind of money he's making getting paid to just say I Am Groot. Mm-hmm. I don't see them paying that kind of money for little shorts. That's just me. Yeah, well, I think you could probably get Fred Tastacourt to do it and pay him a whole lot less money. Right. That's actually <laughs> the same name I was I was thinking of, somebody who might yeah. be able to voice man. But uh, we're getting Ironheart, which is the Riri Williams Iron Man. Armor is that Wars. going to be live action or animated? Or do you know? I believe that is going to be live action. So, whoever so they, they cast. are going to have to cast an actress to play Riri. Exactly, yes. Okay. Uh, we are getting Armor Wars, which was a storyline in the early 80s in Iron Excellent. Man. Yeah, only I think that we were going back almost 40 years of memory here, but 
I think Tony was central in that one. But he was. The Armor War storyline was when I started reading Iron Man on a regular basis. And it has to do with Tony losing Stark industry because of alcoholism and then him regaining everything. But anyways. Right, right. And I think it's actually what may have led into Rhodes taking over as Iron Man, I want to say. It was. For a while. You're right. Yeah, because Rhodes, I've been reading all the Secret Wars stuff, the original Secret Wars from like 84 or whenever that was. Right, right. And James Rhodes is Iron Man in it. So I'm just like, okay, yeah, I think that would put it about right shortly after that Armor Wars story. Yeah, because Armor Wars was the first major storyline that got me into Iron Man. And when that storyline was over, I, I had Iron Man in my pool box. That became that the Iron Man title became one of my normal regular reads. We are getting a Wakanda series, which very little is about that. That's really kind of in its early development stages. Although, who's the, the director? Ryan, is it Ryan Coogler? Um, yes, Ryan Coogler did the Black Panther movies, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's kind of the showrunner for, for this. So my hunch is it's essentially Wakanda without T'Challa in it. You could also go the route of Krypton, which where it's about Krypton, Krypton the planet, before Spy- Superman is born and all that. You could always go that route, do like, like make it about T'Chaka and Wakanda like in the 60s. Okay, yeah, I could see that. That's, that's yeah. actually a cool idea. That's a, that's a way you could go and not have to worry about, obviously, sadly, we can't have Chadwick come back, you know? Right, right. And you don't even have to pay Letitia Wright, or, and you can find a, a young, attractive black actress to play a young Angela Bassett, though she's aged so well, you could just... <laughs> right. You could probably cast her as herself 30 years ago, yeah. and it, you, it would be believable, because, let's be honest, has Angela changed much now in the MCU from what she was when she played Tina Turner and what's love got to do with it? No, she's aged wonderfully. Yeah, she's the female Harrison Ford where where it's like she aged yes. normally till about the age of 40 and then has just somehow managed to stay 40 ever since. And, and believe me, Angela Bassett is just a skosh under Haley Atwell on the Crazy Train's proclivities yeah. list. I'm a big and beautiful woman, but I digress. <laughs> I think it's one of those, if she hadn't already been cast in Black Panther, they could have cast her in The Eternals because everybody would buy Angela Bassett as a goddess. Without question. If they ever need someone to play Queen Nefertiti, hello. <laughs> yeah, because that's been my uh, running commentary on The Eternals movie is because it doesn't take too hard to convince people of angelina jolie and selma hayek as goddesses no nope. I'm, I'm not that big a fan of angelina jolie but i do see why others find her attractive now selma hayek is a completely different story i've been mm-hmm. in love with her since desperado so yeah. <laughs> Antonio Banderas, so yeah <laughs> but to wind up the talk on these mcu series uh, the two that are still new at least to me uh, uh, maybe they slipped my knowledge before but there's going to be an okoye series who, of course, is she's kind of the chief uh, warrior of Wakanda. We she's saw her most. Head, she's, she's the head of the Dora Milaje, which you right. could never pronounce. So I went ahead and did it for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, they could just make each episode just her just kicking the crap out of people and just dismantling stuff with one touch. You know. Yeah, and and once again, that's Donnie Garari from. It, I think by that time it's probably Walking Dead's going to be done, so she'll she'll be free, and she's right there with Angela Bassett on Crazy Trains. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one as well. So, <laughs> yeah. and then last on the docket will be Echo, and she's going to be introduced in the Hawkeye series. So, okay, have they cast her yet? Well, I think it's it's going to be the. She's going to be introduced in Hawkeye, and it's going to be the actress that plays her in Hawkeye getting her own series. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, is that it, her uh, right there? Yeah. I don't know if it's a Lacqua or I'm not quite sure how to pronounce that first name. but That's uh, Spanish, isn't it? First yeah, name. So. She's a very attractive lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, but that, that will be the one. And that, of course, we're talking 
two plus years out for that series. So that that's probably barely even in pre production by now. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. We do know that part of where Hawkeye the series is going is going to be him training his daughter to be the next Hawkeye, right? Which is essentially going to be a their take on the Kate Bishop storyline in the comics. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So and. I think with those, I, I said it before about Hawkeye, but it's more obviously true for these people like Okoye and Echo. I don't think they would have been able to make an Okoye solo movie. Right. There would have been people that would have gone to see it, of course, but it wouldn't have been like, <laughs> me. Yeah. <laughs> and let's be honest, you would have too, because yeah. it's geekdom. You would have right, watched it right, too. Exactly. But I think with Marvel, with the track record that they are having, in the theaters, they need a movie that's going to do a $100 million opening weekend in order just to be considered on par with what they've been doing. Uh, Black Widow, we know how much it dropped down a bit. Uh, and it had like an $80 million opening weekend at the end of a pandemic, like- and people were still saying it was a disappointing box office. So, And then the know. second weekend, it dropped down like, what, $26 million or something? Something like, yeah. So, and, uh, But I do think with that one, in defense of Black Widow, I, I think we, we touched on this when we reviewed it. But we didn't go into it in depth. It didn't have a lot of competition because everybody's starting to come out of this lockdown, that studios included. And really, its only competition was Fast and Furious 9 and Conjuring 3. Well, I'd already seen Conjuring 3 at home on HBO Max because it was, it was mm-hmm. one of those that was released at the same time. And I think Boss, Big ba- or Boss Baby 2 also released concurrently on streaming. Yeah. So really, its only, its only competition was Fast 9. And Fast 9, I think, beat the theaters by a week or two, didn't it? I think so, yeah. So the, I think part of the reason for the drop-off is that opening weekend was all the people that were really hot to trot to go out to a movie theater, weren't scared to yeah. go out post-COVID. Mm-hmm. Or, it was the first you know, movie that and, I'd seen in a theater since before the pandemic. Right, right. So you got some people that went for just that reason, and some people like us that were just wanting to see an MCU movie, especially that one, because we've been waiting for a year and a half. And all the people that fit in those two categories, they saw it all opening weekend. And there was nobody left. Right. And it wasn't a matter of, I know it's hard to believe, but before the, before the pandemic, there were movies like just between me and Seth. Seth would be really interested in seeing a movie like, we'll use Snake Eyes as an example. You uh, you know when I'm not that big into it, I'll eventually see it because it's a geek movie, but you're really into that. You're going to go see it opening weekend. I'm probably going to see it in theaters, but I'm not going to see it opening weekend. And because it's not a pandemic... I would, I would, that was the kind of movie I'd have said, well, I'll catch it on the third weekend. It won't be as busy. Yeah. Yeah. You or on a, on a matinee or something like that. Right. Exactly. And, and that just was all gone now because it was really the only game in town the weekend it came out. And everybody who had any reason to want to go see a movie saw it. And then that was that. Right. So that's, yeah, makes I, sense. I, we didn't go over that in a review, but I think that, that, I think that's true. I don't know what your opinion is. No, no, I, I, I think you're right. There's clearly, you look at the box office numbers currently. Uh, compared to what a summer was two years ago, what late late July of, uh, of, of 2019. Of 2019. Yeah. yeah, and the numbers we were getting two years ago still dwarf what we're getting now right. coming out of the pandemic. Yeah, and I just think that, that like I said, that when you add all that, factor all that in, that's just a recipe for exactly what happened with Black Widow. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to dive into our long-awaited review of Loki and then kind of our predictions of where we think the MCU is going to go. This is Geekville Radio, and we'll be right back. Are you looking for a gaming-themed podcast? Then check out You Just Got Friday. Join host Jared Aubrey and this panel of gaming enthusiasts as they discuss news and accomplishments in the gaming world and, of course, the gripe of the week. 
part of the Wrestling Brethren Podcast Family. Attention all time lords and ladies. This message is being sent by Lady President Romana and the High Council of Gallifrey. Heatville Radio presents Examining the Doctor. Join Mark and Seth as they bring their signature blend of knowledge and humor about everybody's favorite time lord, the Doctor. From Hartnell to Whitaker, Examining the Doctor provides episode commentaries for favorite and not so favorite Doctor Who stories. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, GeekvilleRadio.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. All right, we are back. We're going to be talking Loki for the rest of the episode here. It wound up its six-episode run about a week and a half ago, and there's a lot to kind of unpack and and talk about, and we're going to give our usual predictions for what we think is left in store for the MCU for Phase 4. Now, overall thoughts, uh, Trent, I guess I'll start out. I mean, I I really liked the ending. Uh, I think I liked it a little bit more than, than you did because basically what happened is Sylvie was essentially the one that wound up being more Loki than Loki, I guess you could say. Kind of yes. k- kicked Loki aside back into the regular TVA, killed He Who Remains, or a.k.a. Kang, and kind of set in, into motion the unleashing of this multiverse war. And right. just the, the last scene was Loki coming up to Mobius, basically pleading that we got to get ready for this multiverse war because of what happened, and then Mobius just looks at him and goes like, who are you? What 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 branch are you from? So it's like, right. to, to me, it was that trope. I think it's been probably been done a lot of times in Twilight Zone or maybe in some Lovecraft stuff where you know, it's the one person who actually knows what's going on. And usually in those stories, the person winds up going crazy because of it. But I think it's a trope that works when it's done well. And I just thought it was a nice uh, kind of carrot to dangle at the end. Yeah. I think for me, one of the things that was nice is – there was no clarification at the end of WandaVision or Captain America Winter Soldier. Well, it became that. It was Falcon Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. As they're going to continue those on. It was just like, it seemed like those might have been standalone seasons. Whereas we got the verification in the post credit scene, Loki will return in season two. So right. just the fact we got that tells me that there's more of a story to be told. And that separated it, in my opinion, from the other two uh, predecessors for Disney Plus Marvel property. Mm-hmm. series and and where i think some of it may be coming from for that is we got closure on the stories wandavision we know that white vision is out there effectively and then falcon and winter soldier right. we got closure on bucky being the winter soldier that he's got that past behind him and now we have falcon as captain america right so right. full on with the shield and the new outfit mm-hmm. and everything yeah right so to still call it falcon winter soldier season two wouldn't make much sense now they might do another Bucky season or something like that. I know they're doing another Captain America movie with... With, uh, with Anthony Mackie as yeah. Sam. Yes, yeah. So we'll see where that goes. Didn't he even say that when when the news dropped that he he found out about the news the way all of us else did through something social like, media yeah. and he even contacted <laughs> yeah. him yet? <laughs> and I can hear Anthony Mackie delivering that line because he's just got a great sense of humor. And Anthony Mackie, to me, has really embraced that role. Mm-hmm. I think he's quickly become a fan favorite because he seems much like Tom Hiddleston to... Fully have embraced the geek in it, and just I think he brings something to the role really. Yeah, good, yeah, and, and he just seems like he seems like one of those guys you wouldn't mind sitting down at a bar and having a cup of coffee or a beer with, and just shooting the breeze. Right, and and I think he just does so well at playing that lawful or neutral good character that Sam Wilson is, and he he just looks the part. Good looking guy, yeah. looks like a hero, 
So it just works. Yeah, I just think Anthony Mackie as a man just strikes me like he's not caught up in the celebrity of being a movie star. You know, he's right. just a guy. He's just a dude. Mm-hmm. Just, 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 just a guy. So, yeah. I but I, I think one of the reasons I really enjoyed probably this series more than the other two, and I, I enjoyed Falcon Winter Soldier. I enjoyed Wandavision. We discussed this off mic as we were prepping for the show. For me, because of the way Loki ended and what the story they were telling. I think the overarching ramifications for the entire MCU are much larger coming out of Loki than they are coming out of the other two. Absolutely, They were more personalized towards, okay, we know where Wanda's headed, we know where Vision's headed, we know where where Bucky and Sam are headed, but that's their own thing. And it will be important to the MCU because there's a new Captain America now and all that, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't have the the overarching ramifications, I think, of of the events that happened in Loki. And you said you agreed with that? Yeah, I, and I can give a comic analogy, like actual comic book analogy here. It, it's like Wanda and Vision and Captain America and Bucky. It, it's like, to use uh, Falcon Winter Soldier, it's it's like, yeah, there might not be, there might have been a Falcon and the Winter Soldier limited series that was out. Sure. But there might be a Winter Soldier series next that that would take place after that. And then that, that might be its own limited series after that as far as issues. Right. Right. To make the analogy for Loki, this kind of felt like, uh, again, maybe a limited series, or it's like that promotional thing, like an issue zero of, yep. of something where you got that, th- that, that big final shot or final drawing on the last page that's like, oh my gosh, uh, here, here we go, pick up the, ne- the first copy of whatever crossover number one. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for for the big summer crossover event that Marvel does every year. To, to use a recent D- DC actual real-life comic book analogy. This is that final page from the Batman Who Laughs storyline where the Batman from regular continuity goes to that one area and he picks up the, the bloodstained comedian button from the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And comic geeks like, whoa! All of a sudden, we know all of a sudden now, oh, the Watchmen universe is going to be integrated into the D- DC universe proper. Right. It's that kind of, 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 of gut punch. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah. Or... Kind of how maybe they they brought the Thomas Wayne Flashpoint Batman into regular continuity, right? Type, right, stuff like that. Yeah, so, it, yeah, exactly. And I think the reason for that is simply Kang. Kang mm-hmm. is he's such a major villain in the comics. He's not going to be just some standalone. He is the kind of a villain that is a Thanos level villain that can yeah. literally be a threat to the entire universe. They introduced him in this. We know he's still around in some form or another, based on the, 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 the twist ending. And like you like to say all the time, you don't dangle that carrot. Mm-hmm. I always felt that, that part of this is, I won't, won't lie, because I'm a huge fan of Kurt Russell. I felt Ego was a little wasted as just a standalone villain in a Guardians movie. He's the mm-hmm. kind of villain that could have easily been a villain for the entire universe. Yeah, yeah, I can see that too. And with King, now granted, this version that they called He Who Remains, which is kind of a semi-obscure thing from from Thor or Avengers. Anyway, I, I, yeah. he, he, he was it's just like kind of a throwaway era, character. Like 70s era, right, if I remember so, right? So, something like, and he was just depicted as being a really, really old guy. So I was happy that they did Kang the way they did it, because they did, with the way his outfit looked, it looked like they were kind of modeling after the Immortus version of Kang, which is what yes. we speculated yes. on, actually, a couple episodes yep, ago, sure that did. it might be Immortus. Yeah, we did. But I think what is going to happen with all these other universes in the multiverse is each one of these separate universes are probably going to have their own version of a Kang. This is why we might have a Mortis. This is why we might have, I'm forgetting some of the other names now, but how Something Kang, timely. Yeah. <laughs> they, they've explained that 
several of these villains that had different names were actually Kang from a different part in the future coming back. He said, back, so, he said you know? so himself when he's explaining to Sylvie and Loki who he was. Yeah. So, yeah. Who knows? Maybe there might be a version of Kang that's not evil in some of these universes. That's just one man speculation, but it seemed well, like... Well, uh, the Flareoverse, that's kind of like all the takes on, on uh, what's-his-face, the Wells character in mm-hmm. season two yeah. and three. Yeah. The, the Council of Wells, or like nine right. or whatever it was. Right, and because uh, it really, it seemed like the version they were giving here to introduce... I don't really want to say it was the most good, but he seemed like he was the most level version. Like he was the, he's doing what he can to keep this war from happening, even though he kind of became me, a pretty eccentric guy doing it. Which means to me that the he who remains moniker is actually a dual meaning. He who remains at the end of time, he's the only one left standing at the end of time, but he also is the only one that remains of all these other versions of himself. Right. From different multiverses. He's right. the last one standing. If, if you've ever seen the Jet Li movie, The One, that's kind of that similar to that. Yeah, yeah, makes sense. And for those that haven't seen it, I know a lot of our listeners are familiar with Highlander and the Mythos of the Highlander series. Same thing. Right. There can be only one, right? <laughs> right, right. And really, I can't help but wonder when Loki got kicked back, almost literally, was yeah. that the same universe or same reality or was that another alternate one? My, my hunch is... I think it was the same one. It's just Sylvia went that extra mile of removing knowledge of him from, from everybody, basically kind of wiping the knowledge of what everybody else knew already. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it does. And, and obviously what stuck out to me is they, when they show that computer screen in the TVA and you start seeing all those time variant branches just develop instantaneously. Good chance that probably gets delved into at some level in the Doctor Strange 2. But once again, reiterating what I said earlier, just that scene right there tells you this is going to have a major overarching effect on the entire MCU, whereas I don't see that with the other two, you know? Right, yeah, they they, they were kind of standing alone on, on their own right now. I, I watched some of the making of that hit Disney Plus uh, last week, I think. And mm-hmm. first off, they showed some of Tom Hiddleston's screen test where he where he auditioned for Thor, believe it or not. Yeah, I, I've actually seen those. Yeah. I can't remember if I saw leaked ones on YouTube or something, but I have seen those, yes. Yeah, and he had just kind of made light of how he he turned 30 playing Loki in the first Thor movie, and then he turned 40 playing Loki in Loki's own series. He thought that was kind of a poetic way of celebrating 10 years, you might say. Yeah, once again, another one that hasn't aged at all. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And he said he, he'll go on playing Loki for as long as people want to see him, which is probably going to be forever. I want to see him forever. Yeah. You know, he's great in the role. Yeah. But it, we've talked about before how what's going on with Sony and Spider-Man and the unfortunate passing of Chadwick Boseman threw a real monkey wrench into the works because you and I both believe that with the, of the, the, out, the fallout of Endgame, and essential removal in different ways of, of, of the, the big three, Thor, mm-hmm. Cap, and, and Iron Man, that they were going to elevate three new characters to that. And we, we had speculated it was probably going to be Captain Marvel, Black Panther, or Spider-Man. Well, we can remove them from the equation now. Mm-hmm. But we also have always agreed that Doctor Strange was going to be one of those characters. To have the next Doctor Strange movie be all about the multiverse, and we kind of get this thing where we know he's going to be involved with Wanda because of the dark hole from the outcome of that and the outcome of the Loki, they're setting him up to be very much like Iron Man where he kind of is important to all aspects of the MCU. Yeah. I, you see my, 
about where my, my, my mind's kind of going that way. Yeah, and, and it does give a throwback to that famous line in Infinity War where he tells Tony, I've been to, what, 14 di- million different outputs, mm-hmm. and there's only one where we win. Right. And you're not the Doctor Strange reader that I am. There was a storyline in the comics where the Vashanti, which, of course, are the mm-hmm. infinite gods, so to speak, or that, that he draws his magical powers from. It's a triumvirate. It's three entities that are that are the Vashante. They actually pull him well into the future, like hundreds of thousands of years into the future. They pull Stephen Strange to help them win a war that if they don't win, the entire multiverse is going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And he makes a bargain with them that he will only help them if they send him back to our time when he's done helping him win the conflict, but do not remove his knowledge of what's going to happen. So he has his eye on where things are headed. So this is even in the comics, Doctor Strange is not a character that is unfamiliar with not only multiverse travel, dimensional travel, but time travel as well. Right. Because I, th- I think I'd even speculated when we were giving our kind of our predictions for the season finale of Loki that it would not be too far fetched to see a Baron Mordo cameo because he kind of right. does the time travel as well. Sure. But I think so. If they're going to go that route, I guess my point is they have not thrown Doctor Strange into and he's had to tread in in the comics already. So mm-hmm. right. there a is a comic book anal- or comic book parallel. Yeah. yeah, precedent or parallel to it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, if this is a new reality that they're in, uh, again, if now could this mean we that the Loki that we get in Dark World or Infinity War could be a different Loki? Or do you think this is the same Possible. One? I don't want to step on your toes, Seth. Mm-hmm. This is more on me than it is on you. I have just recently, as our letter listeners know, rewatched the entire MCU in chronological order. And there's even a drop down menu on the Marvel sub menu under Disney Plus that allows you, they've done it for you. Mm-hmm. But they've even said, Feige's even said, this is just a convenient order we've put them in. You have to realize that some of these movies' events overlap one another chronologically. The one that, that comes to mind right away for me would be Civil War and Black Panther. There are events that are happening in Black Panther that are concurrent or or predating the events of Civil War. So, yeah, you're meant to watch Civil War and then Black Panther, according to Disney+, Plus. but the events in both the movies actually overlap. The fact that that happens, you might be right, but I get a little confused in my own mind as to when all these things are happening. Do, do you follow what I'm saying now? It's like, yeah. so... That makes but, sense. But the idea, once again... I'll, I see to you, Seth, on this one here, as you like to point out all the time, Loki is the god of lies and the god of mischief. So if you if you make it somewhat confusing, it just fits the character. Right, right. Because I know I was actually the one that was kind of expecting Loki to toss Sylvie away just because it's Loki. But I, it's, I guess it's Loki. <laughs> one of my favorite lines between the two was they basically both said, neither one of us can trust and neither one of us can be trusted. And I thought, right. well, that is something Loki would say to himself. That's for sure. Not to coin a phrase, but to steal a to steal a, a saying, it is literally the immovable force meeting or the irresistible force meeting the immovable object. Some yeah. has to give, right? <laughs> right, right. Now we did get a glimpse in this finale. There was a thing that looked like Ravona in her regular world or her regular reality, where she looks like she's a principal or something of a school. Right. And we also saw Miss Minutes give Ravona something because like she came back and Ravona said, yeah. well, this isn't what I asked for. And Miss Minutes said something about, oh, he thought it was more important. I'm assuming meaning Kang, Aang. but they, they never really 
played those off or paid those off. So I'm, I'm assuming that's stuff that we'll get in the the next season. And of course, they they also left us on a tangent with B15 because she was there in the uh-huh. school when Ravona showed up. So th- those are some other things that are that are being left dangling. And I think it's also a pretty safe bet. That, I mean, we were saying as soon as we saw the first episode that well, if Ravona's in here, then we're getting Kang because she is linked sometimes professionally and often romantically with Kang as well. So uh-huh. we, we definitely have not seen the last of Ravona. Right. Now, tertiary, secondary to this. Miss Minutes and the way Tara Strong voices are so entertaining. Mm-hmm. They do shorts already, and they have those faux newscasts they used to have that were on YouTube that was, oh, the blonde lady that Tony slipped with that was mm-hmm. the, the, the the journalist. That he's yeah. the one that, she's the one that makes him mad at the end of, of, of Iron Man 1 when he says, you're right, I am Iron Man. Yeah. They had her playing, or uh, if you remember those shorts where she was playing that character doing a newscast about events in the MCU as that character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since they've already gone down that type of road, wouldn't you love to see like some faux PSAs with Miss Bennett's? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, it's kind of funny because <laughs> we, we know it's Tara Strong, so it's, yes. it's a southern twilight sparkle. That's, <laughs> that's kind of how, how she's voicing the character. I mean, I, I mean she, she says, hun, enough times. I'm going, she's lived in the south for a minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little transparency for our listeners. Sometimes, oftentimes, Seth will text me well, uh, to prep for these, and I'll be driving. And we, I have weird schedule. I work nights. So a lot of times Seth will catch me when I'm going through the drive through getting something to eat. And I remember Seth being a northerner from Chicago commenting to me one time, did you just call the lady in the drive through hun or sweetheart or something like that? I said, yeah, mm-hmm. so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that is okay down here. Right. Yeah. Everybody's now, Seth, honey baby sweetie darling. Seth could come down here and do that and probably get a funny look because he ain't got a draw. But right. a woman from down here hears me say it. Oh, he just he just good old boy. Right. So don't think you can come down here and get away with it. <laughs> just because it's it's common parlance down here. But it is right. just those type of colloquialisms, as antiquated as they may seem in today's culture with girl power and all that stuff, they are still very common here in this part of the world. Yeah. It is very common to call you know, and I I have friends that answer the phone for a living. They they they're in sales and stuff. And we'll say if if somebody calls them sweetheart and they know the calls from the South, they smile. If they know the calls from California and they, they call them sweetheart, she gets mad. Yeah. <laughs> say, you don't have the right to say that. You're not from here. <laughs> yeah. And, and it, it's one of those things I don't want to derail too much, but, but my past jobs, I've talked to a lot of people in England and other parts of the UK. And uh-huh. one of the stereotypes that I think a lot of we Americans have is mm-hmm. we think England and we think, oh, cheerio. I think in the last 10 years, I think I've had maybe two Englishmen say cheerio. It's yeah. usually cheers. That is, is how they say at the end. They just say cheers. Yeah, cheers. Yeah. Right. So, but getting back to predictions here, I'm not saying it will happen, but it could happen. With these multiverses, this could be used as an explanation how they might recast some roles. Because like, like we say uh, every couple of times we talk about new uh, new movies is in the real world, we all get older. In the comic world, mm-hmm. nobody gets older. Right. So do you think – I'm not saying they need no, to yeah, get no, another – No, no, I, th- I totally say certain characters, like you've killed Tony off, but we know we're going to Ironheart. So they're and, – and, and Rhodey's still around. So we're still going to have an a, a, a ironclad Stark technology type empowered hero. But some of these characters, you, you want to keep them forever young, so to speak. You have to have an explanation. Let's be honest. Did anybody expect Chadwick Boseman to die? Now, I do not think they'll recast the child. They've said right. they won't. Yeah, they've outright said they but, won't. Right. And, and and we all pretty much agree Letitia Wright is going to be 
elevated to the Black Panther as Shuri. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean 10 years down the road that they don't want to bring back another, maybe not T'Challa, but another Black Panther. They could they could even get a T'Challa and just claim he's a T'Challa from another universe, for another, right. you know what I'm saying? Right. And, or, or, or you know, it's it's a way to bring back different Steves because they mm-hmm. made Steve old. Right. Uh, and one of my favorite, when you talk the DC multiverse, because I am the DC guy, you know, the one that has the crime syndicate as opposed to the Justice League, where's the evil variants, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, with, with Ultraman Al- instead of Superman Ultraman, and all that. Yeah, Ultraman is Superman. Night, our, our Owlman is Batman. Superwoman is Wonder Woman, you know, and they're all evil. I, I'm, I don't think you need to do this as a movie, but having a, a Disney Plus series where there is an evil version of the Avengers... I'm not talking the Dark Avengers Thunderbolts we're already going to get. I'm talking right. about a legit evil version of the Avengers. I'm a big enough of a comic book geek. That prospect has me at hello. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Could you imagine uh, an actual fascist Captain America? Right. Comrade a real, America or something like a that. A real Nazi, a real Nazi Captain America. Right. And Red Skull is the good guy. Yeah. That I think one of the things for me as a comic book geek that likes those stories in comic books is... We never get to see Superman fight Superman. But when you mm-hmm. tell that story, Ultraman fights Superman in the DC universe. So we truly get to see Superman v. Superman. That's the story you can tell. Who doesn't want to see Steve Rogers, Captain America, on the Super Soldier Serum fight another Steve Rogers on the Super Soldier Serum? Right. But he's Captain Berlin or whatever, you know? Right, right. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And I would... And, I don't want to speak for the actors, but I think there are a lot of actors out there, and I know they have to do a lot of split screen and stuff, but I think Evans is probably a good example. I think RDJ is a good They might actually like the challenge of, of playing against themselves. Paul Bettany yeah. said he loved doing that with the white vision, you know? Yeah, yeah, and, and going back to Star Wars, back, way back when, when I was reading that original Thrawn trilogy in the early 90s, mm-hmm. where in the, the third book there's an evil clone of Luke. So it's Luke versus evil Luke at the end. I was reading that. It's like, boy, Mark Hamill would love to do this. <laughs> oh, he, he, Mark Hamill would have jumped on that. Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. I see he literally would have that like, like, like medley smile, you know, rubbing his finger, red, and say, yes, and that evil <laughs> grin looking forward to doing something like that. Right, right, Adley. So any other predictions or thoughts that, that you can think of before you wind up here? No, no, I, 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 I want to ask you one question, though. And once again, it goes back to what we were just talking about with actors enjoying playing the same character but a different spin on that character. How many different Lokis are we... We've already seen a bunch of different variants of Loki that were different actors. Mm-hmm. Is it possible we see five different versions of Loki all played by Tom Hiddleston out of this? Oh, um, it, it's possible. Because we uh, only got two in this. We got the evil one and then and then the normal one, right? Right, right. We got the president Loki, I think. Yeah, we got yeah we got that one, and then we got the one that was trying to take over with that when they were in like the the limbo or wherever. Those are the only two Loki variants we saw that were both played by Tom Hiddleston. The rest yeah. were other actors. But I think Tom Hiddleston's the kind of actor that I think would lick his chops and stuff like that. You know what? Yeah. Well, you put a thought in my head here where it's so yeah, if we're gonna get Uh-oh. four or five Lokis all played by Tom Hiddleston, we know Tom can sing, and you know, maybe they have like a. Five part harmony singing a moment. The Duah Duah musical episode. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, they did Grant Gustin and, and oh, what's her name that plays Supergirl? They pulled it off at the Flareverse. Yeah. Why not, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Geekville Radio. Uh, we do want to remind you if you're listening to us for the first time, we can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the podcatcher of your choosing, and the Social media is at Geekville Radio on Facebook and at Twitter. 
Drop us a line. Let us know what we're doing. Let us know what we can improve on. Give us a review. Give us a follow. And uh, like I said earlier in the episode, we do have some sister shows there. We got Examining the Dead, which is our horror-themed show. We got Examining the Doctor, where there is some Doctor Who news that came out uh, from San Diego Comic-Con. So I'll be teaming up with Mark Short to talk that. And then we got Lesser Known Geek Hall of Fame. We got Nostalgia Trip. You can talk the horror a little bit better than I can there, Train. So if you want to let our listeners know if they mm-hmm. want to hear a little bit more about our horror side, what can you tell them about uh, Examining the Dead? Examining the Dead, uh, like I said, there is a lot of uh, stuff coming out of Comic-Con about horror stuff. That's on the docket. We'll probably record the next episode the next couple weeks. Uh, a few other things that I, uh, of note that have, come, that have come up that will cover the news. I haven't quite narrowed down what we're going to review but I think we're going to look at a body horror, which is probably an area that you, Seth, are not that familiar with because that's not the kind of horror you like. That's usually right. over the top of the grossness, you know. But I do think to cross streams as far as Geekville goes, geek, even though even, even geeks who are not fans of horror probably have seen the Jeff Bull, Goldblum, Gina Davis, David Cronenberg fly right. from the 80s. Right. Yeah. That's a prime example of body horror. So. Mm-hmm. We're probably going to talk a little bit about body horror. If you have any suggestions for me on what you'd like for us to talk about at Examine the Dead, remember you can always find me on Twitter at CrazyTrade underscore JB. That is my handle look pretty much across all social media platforms. So reach out to me. If, you listen, if you're a regular listener to Examine the Dead, or even if you're not and you'd like to listen to it, if we would cover a particular type of horror, tell me what you'd like for us to talk about uh, on Examining the Dead. And I'm always open to suggestions. Absolutely. And one other thing about Examining the Dead is that it is a mature-rated podcast, so we can say words like <laughs> All right, so we're going to shut down the power here at the Geekly Radio Studios, and we'll talk to you folks again uh, next time. Thanks for listening. Geekville Radio is not sponsored or endorsed by any product or company unless specifically stated. The views expressed by the host and or guests are purely their own and do not represent the views of GeekvilleRadio.com, A1-Wrestling.com, or any affiliates. Some media used on Geekville Radio is the respective copyright of its publishers, all rights reserved. Actually, what I think people are really waiting for for Season 2 is they want to give the Loki Alligator his own series. Heck yeah!